0: Hey, you guys, this is Liz Ryan, and this is the Truth About Work podcast with me, Liz Ryan. This is episode 10, a lot to talk about. we got protests still going on, getting bigger. Uh, I read that protesters in Washington, D.C. are looking for a million folks to gather outside the White House, but it's weird because you used to hear protests don't work, they don't change anything, but look, the charges against the Uh, Ex-police officer who murdered George Floyd have been increased. They've been moved up. And uh, charges will be filed against the other three officers who were there. So who could say that the protests haven't had any effect? Hopefully, what's happened so far as a response to the protests is just the beginning of bigger changes that need to happen in every part of our society, in housing, in education, in employment, in law enforcement, obviously, the treatment of black Americans has to get dramatically better, but we also have to dismantle the systems that made these uh, travesties possible, right? And even made them lawful and acceptable. And it's, you know, it's something we all got to work on together, obviously, uh, very belatedly, but it's uh, it's good the conversation is coming up. The part that is blowing my mind is that uh, the police officers allowed to act with impunity. We just had... Governor Cuomo of New York apologizing for remarks that people took as slights on the police department. He said, the individual officers are the greatest. They're the best. It's, it's my problem is the leadership and the deployment. No, false. There's videos everywhere of individual officers beating nonviolent protesters heads in. And so this is when we get to the place where don't believe your eyes and ears, but believe what I'm telling you. And this is all over government and politics, right? And religion. In academia, in in employment, everywhere. So I've been interested to see what employers are saying about the protests, and I asked the Human Workplace followers on Twitter what their employers had said, and a few of them had said their company's really being sensitive, and they're uh, they're saying the right things, and they're offering people you know space to how they feel to talk about what's going on in the country or take time off and many 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 folks said nothing not a word business as usual so it's an interesting time for employers because they've had the privilege of being able to sit out a lot of these um, these um, arguments or debates or um, fractious issues that feel political oh no it's politics we don't want to get involved even though if you look the same corporations donate right out of their corporate coffers to 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 candidates all the time they don't usually uh publicize which campaigns they donate to but we have to see this stuff as of a piece right corporations and politics are inextricable they're right hand in hand this is the system that we all work in right and the more we see the rigging like when you go backstage and you see All the flies and you see all the sets moving up and down. You say, oh, this is how it fits together. This is how it works. That's what we're all having the opportunity to see now. As grim as things are, I'm hopeful because of social media. I think having the opportunity to get these videos out and to get messages out and to get past the spin and the corporate speak and the government speak is a really powerful thing. I think we're just beginning to see the power in that. I hope so. Because we, we have to dismantle the system we have now and build a new one. I've been talking about the corporate, the employment system for a long time. It's my, it's my favorite enemy, right? I call it Godzilla after the, the monster from the, from the sci-fi movies in the 50s uh, because it's man-made. Godzilla was supposedly man-made based on atomic tests or something like that. And so this system is man-made. And, and what I want people to know about it is it's a design. It's a choice. It's a design for work. Taylor, Weber, Industrial Revolution, sort of based, hierarchical, top-down, all about chain of command and rules and policies. It's a choice that is not the only way to go to work. That is not the only way to get work done. And we know that because of every startup and every Broadway show and every collaborative organization where they're excited about the mission and they don't stop and evaluate themselves every minute right? They don't count everything. They just go forward. That's what people want to do. I think what people want to bring to their work more often than not, they want to have the opportunity to bring themselves to work, put their stamp on the job, but the system doesn't let them because the idea of that individual agency, that individual spark is scary to folks who want things all done one way, which is fear. If your employee puts their stamp on the job, they might get a little too much power up in this thing, right? And that's why bloggers, corporate bloggers struggle. And people who do corporate podcasts and Twitter accounts, they struggle because how much of me can can be in this? I remarked to a friend of mine the other day, I said, so-and-so, another, another person we both know, I said, wow, well, I'm really surprised at her politics. Her politics are freaking me out. It's not what I thought she was about. And my, my mutual friend said, yeah, no, that's not her. That's because of her job. Okay. So now you're tweeting things that, that under your name, that, that are not how you feel because of your job. But who hasn't been there in those ethical dilemmas? You gotta have a job. You gotta get paid somehow. You could work for yourself. You could work for somebody else, but you gotta, gotta go to work somehow, make some money. But you also have your own integrity and your own opinions. How do we navigate that? Well, first thing is we got to talk about that, that discord. we got to talk about that cognitive dissonance. That's why we're here, human workplace. The idea is bring ourselves to work, make work a healthier place by first of all, getting us actualized, getting us aware of, of these inconsistencies and the insults to us and to the planet. And by the way, the, the f- way we work right now, this outdated system is not good for companies either or shareholders or customers because it's fake right? And it denies people their own hearts and minds and their own humanity. So we got a lot to talk about on that score. But I have a couple of predictions. Here's what I think. I, I could be so dead wrong, but I don't think so. I got predictions for the future coming out of COVID-19, coming out of the protests and the unrest that we see now, the tumult, the change, possibility for change. I think, A, number one, working from home as a thing. You've got J.P. Morgan Chase and other huge uh, uh, leasers of corporate space, office space in New York and elsewhere saying, I don't think we're going to do it anymore. It's too expensive. It finally hit them that they're wasting so much money on office space. There's, there's safety issues now, particularly in light of the new coronavirus. And, uh, it's just not worth it. We're going to go ahead and let people work from home. I don't want to say I told you so 20 years ago, I've been talking about this, but It's a good thing. It's a good thing. There are great reasons to get together, but not every single day, 8.30 to 5. Why? The congestion, the stress on your body, the pollution, everything, danger. It's just bad, 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 right? So it's really good that we're gonna be loosening that up, but I think going to widespread work from home is gonna change everything. Think about where you decide to live. Doesn't need to be by work now. If you go in once a week or once a month, doesn't need to be by work. What is that gonna do for commercial and residential real estate? Is it going to mean that some of the crazy, out-of-control housing prices are going to start to drop in certain places? Because you don't have to be by the train station necessarily anymore. I think it's going to change everything. I think it's going to be good in a lot, lot, lot of ways to be working from home more than we are right now. It's shocking how work from home has actually diminished over the last several years. Now it's going to come roaring back, and I, for one, am thrilled about it. I think the idea we always had, don't talk about religion and politics at work, I think that's going to shift because politics is now real life every day. And I, and I agree with people who say, if you felt that you had the privilege to not be involved or not care about politics, that's a privilege in itself. Because obviously what we're talking about in part these days and in these protests is people who never had that privilege because politics comes to their front door every single day economically and in terms of law enforcement and education, right? So we can't designate politics, this sort of rarefied topic that we only talk about in very polite tones and very noncommittal ways. We, that's, that's gone. It's in our lives now. It's in our daily lives if it hasn't been here to So I think the prohibition on, on talking about politics is going to erode, if not evaporate completely. Number three, I think this public pressure we're seeing through social media in large part on employers is going to continue to grow. It's going to have an effect. We're already seeing that cancel culture. We say, you know, you're canceled, but these people are not really canceled. I don't worry about cancel culture online as much as some people do because these people come back, right? They bounce back and, uh, and, and, you know, it, might be overly harsh, but this is there's a folks that have been committing offenses for years, and nobody says anything about it, right? How many times did you drive by a McDonald's and never know about the unbelievable working conditions inside until it started to come out all over social media? They're telling employees to use coffee filters for masks because they won't provide masks against COVID-19. What? There are no, you know, I've said it before. There are no enforceable safety standards around. Covid nineteen from OSHA, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, will not tell employers. Here's what you have to do. They won't even come out and say it. I understand if enforcement uh, is 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 you know not up to the task because they can't hire gazillions of people to run around testing companies. But they won't even put out standards that are you know theoretically enforceable. They won't even say here's the standard. Just recommendations that you could get anywhere. You could get on a you know, BuzzFeed article. No, we expect more from OSHA. Why have an occupational safety and health administration if you're not gonna, you know, if you're not gonna have anything with teeth in it? So, very disgusted with them right now. All right, I got some questions to answer from our listeners. And where are they? Oh, 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 that's right. I got one question only. This is a question. Uh, that, that I was asked, I thought it was great. Um, what are good questions, Liz, to ask your hiring manager, if you are applying for a job and you're interviewing with this person, they're going to be your boss. What are some good questions to ask them? Well, you know, we love scripts. I love scripts and, and, um, you know, catch phrases and all that kind of stuff, but we're really teaching a mindset at human workplace. So I can give you questions, but I hope that the questions that I give you inform a mindset, help you build a different mindset, because that's what we want, rather than just mad libs, you know, like here's the words you say in situation X or situation Y, right? So the questions you're going to ask are going to be questions that you want the answer to, because if you take this job, you're going to be working there. You want to know about this person, how they lead, how, how the place is run, what their expectations are, because it affects you. So yeah, you can impress the manager by asking smart questions, but more than impressing them, I want them to impress you, right? So you're going to ask questions. If you don't already know, ask about the working hours, ask what constitutes a workday. You say, I, you know, I tend to work and, and give it all, whether it's at home or here in the office, and you know, then stop. And so what, what constitutes a workday for you guys? How do you manage that, particularly if it's a salaried job? If you feel like, oh, I don't want to ask that question. It might be a little uh, on the edge. Then think about the, the negotiation you're already doing with yourself, even in the interview process, right? That's a very, very reasonable question. What constitutes a work day here? You want to ask about your goals. What are, what are their expectations? What would they like to see happen in the first 90 days? You can ask them. You can say, look, at, what is on your list of things that would be off your plate and handled? Problems, issues, process improvement, whatever, that would be handled, let's say, in 90 or 180 days, such that you would be thrilled that you hired this person? That's a good question. Have your notepad app because you want to write down what they tell you, and then you'll you'll bring some of that back to them in your thank you note or thank you email, right? You'll say, I heard that you need X, Y, Z. That's big. But here's something else, okay? I wrote an article. I've written variations on it. few years ago called 10 ways to grow your flame at work because this is our thing grow your flame you know step into your power and how do you grow your flame at work well of course teaching someone how to do something learning how to do something taking a risk speaking your truth right thanking someone grow your flame meet someone enable something and uh, calm down a difficult relationship between two people all of these ways to step into your power help your employer and help yourself and so somebody wrote to me and said, okay, that's great, but I am stuck at home now. How do I grow my flame at work while I'm at home? So I thought that was great. So I've got 10 ideas here for growing your flame at work from home. This is the work from home edition of 10 ways to grow your flame at work. Number one, try to find a way to help somebody every day, help a coworker, help a customer, help somebody get from point A to point Z. that That's that's a huge thing, help somebody every day. And if it helps you and it feels good, then write it down. So that's number two suggestion, grow your flame at work from home, get a journal. If you don't have a journal, you don't have to write long you know, paragraphs. You don't have to write sonnets, just little notes to kind of remind yourself, this I did, this was really cool. Because what happens is you, you feel one way on a certain point and a month later, two months later, you look at it and you realize that you've really changed. You've really shifted your view and that's very powerful learning get a journal. I recommend it. Number three, treat yourself. You are at home. So we tend to think, I'm, I'm sitting at this desk or I'm sitting at my kitchen table and I'm working and I got to work uninterrupted for eight hours. Why? You're at home. Make some tea. Make a lunch that you could not bring to the office if you had to go there with three ingredients that you, know, you would never travel well. All right. A, a, a lunch that is not necessarily expensive or a gourmet lunch, but it's like wow, I'm treating myself. I'm in my kitchen and I can make things that I could not bring to the office. They just wouldn't, they just wouldn't survive the trip. Treat yourself. Get up and stretch, man. You can move now. You're at home. You're at home. If you work for one of these horrible, fearful companies that tapes you, that rather that that spies on you and wants you to 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 always be visible while you're working, that's we know what what that means, right? You have to tough it out, get the journal, make a plan, brand yourself. You're getting out of there because that's too, that's disgusting. Obviously, opposite of a human workplace. Hired you, don't trust you. Guess what that means? I don't trust myself as a manager for you to be able to work. I have to watch you. It's so, so nasty. So, so beneath you. Okay. So number, number one, help someone every day. Number two, get a journal. Number three, treat yourself because you are at home. Number four, acknowledge people, triumphs, challenges, acknowledge stuff acknowledge it. It's hard when you're using uh, Slack or you're using Microsoft Teams or whatever, just tiny little acknowledgements. You were awesome in that meeting, Sarah, or thank you for reminding me of that, Ernesto. I completely spaced. Acknowledgement, so big. We appreciate it and people appreciate it when we do it to them, right? Number four, take, no, that's number five, take advantage of the team tools. Now you've got, let's say Slack, Microsoft Teams, whatever it is, Take advantage of it. It's a talking place. And you can say things there that it might be hard to say because of the energy in a physical room. So you can say, hey, should we be talking about the pricing schedule for this? I never understood how that made sense. That is probably not going to bring all the eyes on you and all the energetic pressure on you the way it might if you know that it's a sticky topic in an actual room, right? Or even on a Zoom call. Use the tools to broach things. That's not fearful. That's actually making it slipperier and easier for other people to chime in and share their own thoughts or misgivings or explanations or whatever. Okay. Get altitude on your job. Get altitude on your job. Understand your job. This will help you grow your flame. We get buried. We get in the weeds. We feel like we're driving into a snowstorm with the snowflakes hitting the windshield so fast. We can't even barely drive. Get altitude. Take an hour, maybe this weekend, and diagram your job. What are the inputs? What are the outputs? Who relies on you? Who do you rely on? What does success mean in the job? Anytime you can get altitude on your job or your life, is a great, great thing to do. Or your health, your relationships, right? That means stopping and sort of mentally climbing up the hill to look down at what you're doing instead of being in it all the time, breakneck pace, surmounting the obstacles on the ground. Okay, next one is make something, make a tool, make an FAQ, make a visual aid. This is such a powerful thing, helps so many people. They will say, oh, I've been thinking we needed an FAQ for that. Thank you. I've been thinking we needed a visual aid. Wow, this is perfect. Collaborate with people, put stuff together, put your stamp on it. That's also great. Resume fodder goes right in your portfolio for the next time you job hunt or even your performance review. Use your body. I said before, you can do it at home. Jump up and down, stretch just as you're walking from one place to another place eight feet away. Get down and do some squats, do some push-ups, do whatever makes you feel good. Some stretches, dance. Now you can do it. Couldn't do it in the office. You could do it now. Celebrate everything. Celebrate everything. Celebrate a good phone call. Celebrate it. Make a note. Do a drawing. Just tell yourself you rock because we don't get enough acknowledgement ever. And of course, the last one, give yourself a break. You have to be more than just a work machine. You have to be more than just a, a a person who hits their goals. You could hit your goals for 40 years at a job. And that would only help you in terms of your standing with the job, celebrate yourself and give yourself a break, right? You have a lot more to offer than anything your bosses will ever recognize or acknowledge, even if they're the most amazing bosses in the world. We know this is true. So that is your 10 ways to grow your flame at work while you're working from home. And here's what I'll say just to wrap up uh, episode 10 today. If you have a question for me, you ask me on voicemail at 303-834-7549. That's where I get voicemail messages that I will answer those questions here on the truth about work podcast or you send me send an email to support at humanworkplace.com. and the shorter your question, the better, like tweet length, 280 characters. These are the questions I can answer and uh, I'll answer it, you know, maybe I answer a few every week, but if I answer it, it'll be on Twitter or LinkedIn or someplace like that, or maybe on this podcast. So yeah, thank you for listening. Oh, I should mention that my book, Reinvention Roadmap, Break the Rules to Get the Job You Want and Career You Deserve, um, is on sale. 50% off from the publisher because, you know, Amazon is deprioritizing books and people need jobs. And, um, and the ebook is $4.99, $5. So if you don't find that link on Twitter or, um, LinkedIn, looking at Human Workplace, you, uh, can write to us, support at humanworkplace.com, and we'll send you the link to get Reinvention Roadmap. Super cheap. And, um, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Have an amazing, amazing day.